as Randy mentioned, today is World Communion Sunday. And as far as church special days go, it's a pretty new day for the church to celebrate. The Presbyterians, they created it, and they gave it to the church as a day when Christians of all denominations could stop and remember what it means to gather together with Christians around the world, around the table of God. Because there is so much that divides us, but this table stands at the center of us all, calling us all to lay aside all that does divide and come together for a meal. A moment ago, Randy read the story of Jesus gathering with his disciples on that night he was betrayed. That night, as he was preparing to leave, he could have given his disciples, he could have given his disciples anything. But what he gave them was a table and a meal. That is how they would remember him. But even if he had not done it, that was surely how they would remember him. Because everywhere you look in the Gospels, Jesus is always at a table, especially in the Gospel of Luke, but throughout the Gospels. It was no accident that Jesus was accused of being a glutton and a drunk because he's always eating and he's always drinking. If there's a wedding party, Jesus is there. He eats with tax collectors and Pharisees, with outcasts and elite. After he is resurrected from the dead, the first thing he does is join two scared, confused disciples on the way to Emmaus. He goes to their home and he has a meal with them. A few days later, he joins his disciples and cooks breakfast for them on the beach. Everywhere you turn in the Gospels, Jesus is at a table. And if you want a picture of the kingdom of God, that's your picture. A table, a huge table, a table set right in the middle of the four corners of the world. One time when Jesus is in the middle of one of these parties, one of the dinner guests at the table just stands up, interrupts the conversation and yells out, blessed is anyone who eats bread in the kingdom of God. It's kind of random, but this guest has been paying attention to what Jesus is about. After this interruption, Jesus decides it's a good time to tell one of his stories And so he does. He says, someone threw a dinner party. And this person invited many to this banquet. When it was time for the dinner, he sent a messenger out to say to all those who have been invited, come, come, it's time for the party. Everything is ready now. But they all began to make excuses. One said, well, I just bought a new farm and and I've got to go out and see it. Please accept my apologies. Another said, well, I bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm going to go try them out in the field. Please, please accept my apologies. And another said, well, I just got married, and I'm not going anywhere. Please accept my apologies. And so the messenger returned to his master and shared uh, that no one was coming to his party. And the owner of the house became angry, and he sent his messenger out and said, Go, just, just go out into the streets, to the lanes of the town, and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, anyone and everyone. Bring them to my party. And so the messenger did, and he came back with thrones of people, and he reported back to his master, Sir, what you've ordered has been done, but there's still room. 
And so the master said, well, we'll go back out. Go back to the roads. Find anyone you can find and tell them to come so that my house may be filled. And this, Jesus says, is a story about the kingdom of God. Jesus has prepared for us a great table. Everyone is invited from all the corners of the world. They are invited. And the message that Jesus sends is don't let anything keep you from that party. God's table will be filled. Imagine with me. One table, a huge table, food overflowing, all your favorite Thanksgiving dishes, a plenty. I, I imagine some sweet potato casserole with the marshmallows on top, some, some stuffing, not stovetop stuffing, but the real stuffing that was in a turkey previous to being put in the bowl. There's, of course, pies, pies galore, pumpkin pies, pecan pies, Carolyn Huckel's prize winning plum pie, plenty to drink, always fresh and full. And all around the table, people gathered who look different. They're from everywhere, every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every color of skin, every gender and sexuality, every political persuasion, every educational background, people who are different, people who are from everywhere in the world, all incomes, all backgrounds, gathering together at a table. Friends and enemies, everyone, the global community at one table. This is God's kingdom. This is what Jesus pictured when he thought of a table. And may God's welcoming table come on earth as it is in heaven. My grandparents lived in the small town of Union Springs, Alabama. And if you get a new Alabama roadmap, good luck trying to find it on there. It is so small that I don't even think it's on there anymore. It's a town with two traffic lights and one stop sign. It's a town that is small in number, but is very loyal to one another. Once my mom and my aunt got into school, then my grandmother became bored waiting at home. My grandfather was a farmer, and she convinced him that she wanted to open a restaurant. Now, there were no restaurants in Union Springs, Alabama, but like all good husbands, Travis, <laughs> they... <laughs> He did exactly as she asked, and <laughs> I got to have a little fun up here, right? <laughs> and on, while he was not working out in the farm, he came into town, and just to the side of the house, he built her a restaurant. She owned that restaurant by herself for 42 years before she sold it, and even after she sold it, she continued to work there part-time. For most of those 42 years, all but the last eight, she ran it by herself. The last eight years, then a woman named Miss Ruby helped her. 
When you walked through the doors of the grill, you were greeted by my grandmother. They shouldn't ask a pregnant woman to talk about her grandmother. <laughs> she greeted you and welcomed you and said, said, come on in, how you doing? And the moment you sat down and started talking, she began to fix your drink. And then the moment you started continuing on and, and everything, by the time you finished telling her whatever was going on, she had finished fixing your food. Because my grandmother, being the only restaurant in town and opened six days a week, she knew everyone in town. And when I say she knew everyone, she not only knew their names or where they lived or their birthday or who their family was, but she knew everything about them. Most importantly, what they wanted on their sandwich, what kind of drink they wanted. She knew everything the moment you walked in. And my grandmother, being that only spot in town that you could go to, was the most welcoming and hospitable person that I can imagine thinking of. It didn't matter who you were. It didn't matter what you had done. Trust me, she knew about it. <laughs> she greeted everyone the same. The moment they walked through her doors, she started fixing their drink. The moment they sat down to drink it, she started fixing their food. It didn't matter if they had been laid off and they couldn't pay for it or not. She was going to feed them. To know Mrs. Rhodes was to be fed by her. And that's what it was like for my grandmother. I'm sorry. But... That was her, whether you walked through the doors of her restaurant or whether you walked through the doors of her house, the first thing that she's going to do is greet you with a warm smile and then put some food in your hands. <laughs> the waistbands of Bibb County can attest to that. <laughs> Last May, my grandmother passed away. Travis got the honor and privilege of doing her funeral. I need one of these. Thanks. Um, I'm going to read you one paragraph from her eulogy. It's one paragraph that really stuck out after the funeral was over. One that I think, for me, represents the table. And for us still here, I think it helps us to think of her new home as the big heavenly grill. Let's call it the heavenly hilltop grill. It, like the grill on earth, is a place where everyone is welcomed at the table into the loving embrace of God's love, no matter what, where all is as it should be, where no one will ever go hungry and no one will ever be turned away where the food served at the table gives new life, healing your spirit and soul. Your secrets are safe there, and all is forgiven, and you are welcome, just as you are. That is the table for me. 
a place where you can come, whether you've had something to celebrate or whether you have no other place. A place where you're always welcome. A place where you will always be fed. And a place where there is always love and hospitality shown to you. This morning, we welcome you to the table. This World Communion Sunday morning, when churches and people all over the world are coming together. And we're remembering that we, that this table is much bigger than just right here in Norwalk. It's much bigger than just within disciples' congregations. It's much bigger than North America. It is God's table. It covers all throughout the world. What is our song? Let us sing verses 1 and 3 of 393, our communion hymn, as we prepare to come to the table of God's love.